1: Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. Competition never waits. Take your gear on the go with a custom pack built to protect it because any place can be an arena. Game on. The Tumi eSports Capsule, available on tumi.com and select Tumi stores.
3: Hello, my name is Dave Henry and there will be No Encore. Welcome to episode 30, 30, 30. It's over. Mortality is going to creep in right now of the Jesus. No Encore Music Podcast. Craig Fitzpatrick.
4: Anaphylactic shock as I live and breathe. How are you? That's kind of appropriate, really. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, Welcome back. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be back. It's, Were it's you been here a last week?
3: No. You weren't here last week.
4: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Well,
3: I just go now. I'm not even to I, I yes. was sick. Sorry, sorry. Uh, we had Kev from Red Enemy.
4: Yes, then. it was a good episode. It was a good episode. I realised he, he kind of sounds like me a bit, so it was like I was kind of there. A little bit. slightly yeah. better. Slightly.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you know, the, the old revolving door of co-hosts continues to revolve as uh, this week and next week. No Cole Morrigan in the
4: house. Mm. How are we going to shore this up? He t- just told us recently that he's going to be wearing swimming togs for next month. Yeah, that's part of his plan. We so should probably uh, inform the listeners
3: that as of this, as of hearing this, Cullen will no longer be an in-house writer at Hot Press magazine. Yeah. He's
4: moving on. He's done a Stephen Fry. He's he's gone to Belgium. He's sitting in a cafe. Um, he's, gonna no, work, he's just left. He's going to work. The,
3: he's going to the podcast full time. Uh, he's off to Spain for a week, where you know, uh, well-deserved jaunt in the sun. So we're going to have to get some people in. We're going to get some people in next week when you're not here.
4: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm here next oh, week. Next the week after. I just back find then this then so then. hard to keep I know, up yeah. Like, it's a bit. There's no loyalty.
3: But there is loyalty sometimes, and sometimes you bring people back, much like Kev <laughs> last week. This week, back in the studio, Rory Lynch, a.k.a. Bantam. Woo!
4: <laughs> Hello! Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. We really need to get a football rattling. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, that was really pathetic. You should have clapped for yourself, really. What yeah, if yeah, I you should know, have actually boosted the
3: a
2: crowd full of people off to the side. Welcome back. It's been a while. It has, yeah. I was only talking to Alan about that. Um, I guess you, you needed at least one Corkman on the Exactly, I guess I guess yeah. It's a quote.
3: So before we get to kind of the big reason why we brought you back in, we'll talk about me.
4: Yes, of course. Um, Nickelback. I went to see You Nickelback. and Nickelback. Yeah, yeah. I
3: went, I, I went to the Nickelback concert in the Three Arena. And how was that? And I have to say kudos to my friend Connor and his uh, lovely fiance Catherine, who uh, <laughs> sorted us out with tickets. Uh, it was very weird because the tickets we got were like plush. You know, like we were like... In, this, in, in some kind of exclusive bar and they were like this can be your table and we'll get you table service and you can leave all your stuff here and I was like this is a fucking nickel bar
4: a bar game. where in the venue
3: yeah it's like the, it's off to the side Like, oh that's like a, was oh it, the a blue 1878 t- bar, bar oh okay, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so I mean I'm not, I'm not sure I should be saying this but, I'm, but here we go Whatever. the first
4: question should have been how it should have been why I believe you said for the pod but, uh, um, for the
3: podcast for a social experiment uh Obviously, you know <laughs> social, <experiment. laughs> social next week. He
4: won't sleep for three days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and
3: after that, listening only to Nicko, yeah, to yeah uh, for my sins. To be fair, you know, I didn't really intend to go. I was offered the ticket, and I thought it's a Sunday evening in October. What else am I going to do? Uh, so why not? And, yeah, there's a trick to Nickelback gig, which I discovered quite early on, quite resolutely. If you get absolutely blitzed by the time the third or fourth song comes on...
4: It's bearable it's, or great. It's
3: a decent show, yeah. <laughs> a decent show. I had fun.
4: Yeah, I had fun. I mean, I'm not now, saying... hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you bought their album, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, uh, no,
3: The distant past. to clarify. Yeah. We, we've already established my legendarily bad taste when I was a teenager. Yeah. Uh, I would spend my pocket money or whatever. I think it was work. Yeah, no, I was working. I was, uh, I was working since I was, since I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd spend my, my hard earned money. <laughs> on Nickelback CDs. Uh, On Sounds <laughs> like a Nickelback song. <laughs> really does, yeah. It does. Uh, Dreaming of being a rock star. Uh, well, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, do you guys know where the name Nickelback came from?
4: It's when you got your Nickelback.
3: Correct. Yeah. I believe Chad worked in a Starbucks or something yeah. and was like, and hey, here's your Nickelback. And Should have just gone
4: with Starbucks. Yeah, fine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I used to go to, there's a record store in Drahada, where I'm from. And I used to go down there and, you know, no YouTube and all that kind of stuff, you know. All you had was the Kerrang! channel and Kerrang! magazine, of which I devoured. And, yeah, the guy who ran it would let you, like, you know, throw on a CD, throw on the headphones. You get to hear the first track or two and be like, will I buy this? I will. I will spend uh, 20 quid. Yeah, Jesus. (laughs) On Silver Side Up by Nickelback, off the strength of How You Remind Me. Now... To my credit... The strength. The strength. Yeah, the strength.
4: Everyone got taken in by that song. You no. Know?
2: So Craig and myself just exchanged a pretty withering look yeah. there. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you said last week as well, uh, people our age, everyone went through a Robbie Williams phase. <laughs> and no one called him on it. I was just like, i hung on. what? No one had a Robbie Williams phase. No? No. I mean, take that did. But <laughs> then it ended pretty quickly. I'll
2: tell you this. I'll tell you this. Like, when I was a kid, I was mad into like... Uh, or I thought I was mad into like the Prodigy and all this rave stuff. Yeah, and this goes back to going to the the local record shop. So I went to HMV in Pat- Patrick Street in Cork, and like you know how you'd, you'd you'd buy albums by the look of their covers as a kid. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, so I saw this this white CD case on a rack, whatever, and it had this like gold jagged lettering or so. I thought it looked kind of cool. I was like, I p- I picked it up. I was about nine or ten or something, I picked up the record and I was looking at it going, like ah, will I buy it? No, i put it down. It was a boy's own record. Ooh. Oh. Close what was, the, what was call. on the cover? I don't know it was like white and it had gold lettering or something it's very ambitious it looked like, it looked like yeah, yeah. a like a rave kind of thing or oh, something at, le- at least what, a, what a, my nine-year-old or ten-year-old <laughs> Louis Walsh's version of a yeah, yeah. rave can you please track this down and we'll put it on Twitter uh, yeah. okay. we definitely have to get that
3: <clears throat> okay well yeah okay fair enough yeah but you know I uh, the one thing I will say in my defense is that record when I first heard it I was like oh this this isn't good It isn't good. It started off with Never Again, a nice rip-roaring rock song about domestic abuse and segues into Hey You Remind Me and that's all I really remember. I'm pretty sure I sold it on to a friend. I don't think I made a profit, I think I made a loss.
4: Did you lose a friend?
3: Uh, I've lost many friends in many, <laughs> many things over the years. But yeah, okay, come on, L- let's have some more questions about this Okay, uh, I think you Ask said, anything. I
4: didn't see your kind of stream of consciousness, like, you know, Twitter posting. Yes, I'm I did sure like-tweet this, everybody. Yeah, Hashtag was too much, Dave yeah. does Nickelback. No, it wasn't picked up by
3: Joe.ie, like the Macklemore one
4: was. But her.ie took quite the interest.
3: Yeah, uh, the Daily Edge loved it. No, um, so I wasn't I didn't go viral this time, which, you know, whatever. I, I didn't do it to go viral, for anyone who Things I did, uh, and to be fair, there wasn't as much rich material as there was with the Macklemore one.
4: I guess less stuff is happening on less stage. Less stuff is probably. happening on stage. Less stuff is happening around. But I you. did notice you say you said in one of the tweets that they kind of get it. Like, they're it's almost ironic. They realized their shit. They kind of confessed to being hipsters in a weird way. Like,
3: well, in, in as much as I
4: was doing it ironically. I mean, like, okay, I, yeah. I
3: went to the gig ironically. Fair enough. But my friends were so into it, and I was so fucking blissed that I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Okay. Um, but to be fair, yeah, like a couple of tracks in, Chad Kroger like was like. You know, hey, you know, we, we we get it, guys. You know, like, you know, like, you really think that we come in here every night and we sing songs like, you know, you look cuter with something in your mouth and, and we don't get it. You know, he's like, come on, we do. And I was like, okay. Oh, I don't think he gets it. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say he's still very precious. Like, this is a guy who has thrown people out of, like, a non-Nickelback gig that they were playing at because some guy was like fuck you in the crowd and he, and like have this guy escorted out by security and was like well that guy's obviously not a nickelback fan yeah but they were in good form the crowd were loving it um nickelback fans are strange very strange demographic all kinds of ages a literal child at one point uh kick, kicked <laughs> over literal <laughs> literal child, literal child. <laughs> my uh, my ep that's coming out next <laughs> next year uh kicked over my beer uh as will happen on it's occasion rock and roll and her father was like oh sorry man i'll i'll get you another one and i was like it's grand it's wow. fine. We're all in this together. Did they kick the beer out of your hand, or was it on the floor? It was on the floor. <laughs> uh, okay, well, it's images. your fault, yeah. There wasn't that much left in it, so I was like, you know, it's fine. No one got killed. It's not that big of a deal.
4: <laughs> and you were hammered at this stage, I presume, uh, so you are I,
3: just I, like, I wasn't, like I, I, I wasn't beyond repair, I think, but I was, <laughs> I was nicely buzzed. Uh, they didn't play Hero off the Spider-Man soundtrack, which I'm very upset about.
4: No, they hate that song now. It's like their um, creep. Really? No, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Why would they hate that song as opposed to any other song they've ever done? Uh, <laughs> uh, it was, another... was
3: what it was. It was a bit of cheese. It was. You know, I'm not going to go and listen to Nickelback. I haven't listened to them since. Uh, it was fine for a free night out you know, with some good mates and some good beers and a bar band writ large.
2: Jesus. writ very large. Rit yeah. very large.
3: <laughs> They're huge. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't sold out, but it wasn't far away from it. And yeah, to be fair, uh, also to give the lads some credit, they did rinse Royal Blood on Twitter quite well. I don't know if you saw that. Saw that. That was
2: very good. Okay. How so? World <laughs> put
3: up a tweet saying... Uh, they tagged them in. They were like, at Nickelback equals... Uh, no, it was something like, uh, at Donald
4: Trump and at
3: Hillary Clinton equals at Nickelback. And... Yeah. Nickelback, I mean, the
4: Nickelback jokes are getting kind of old. Well, that's what it's, they said. Yeah. The Nickelback,
2: Trump jokes are getting old, to be honest. The whole like. thing
3: is, yeah. Nickelback quoted the tweet, you know, and like said... Um, nickelback jokes are like royal blood two years ago. You know, they used to be cool. Oh. Uh, don't drink and tweet, fellas. Stay safe, XO. <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of funny. So
4: they're like the James Blunt of really shitty so, American rock. That's why Those I was t- kind of
3: scared about the live tweeting. You know, I was like, who knows what might happen. I guess you can have your nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad I saw them. It's one for the bucket list. And yeah. Meanwhile, you, Craig, being a rock and roll business journalist, were looking after the budget. Yeah, I was
4: up at half four in the morning, um, waiting for that budget, which didn't arrive till one o'clock that day. <laughs> it was a long couple of days. But yeah, um, there was stuff there for first-time buyers. I could go on. Should I go oh, on? Yeah, please don't. <laughs> uh, That's my life now. Was it fun? Early mornings and budgets. No, it wasn't fun. You
3: had an action plan to get through? Did you tick all the boxes?
4: We did, yeah. Um, the people are informed. They know about the three quid they're getting back. And fags are going up 50 cents, so that three quid's going to go on people just spending on cigarettes. And people on social welfare are getting an extra fiver and should all be put to jail slash work slash whatever because, you know, it's gulags. A fucking outrage. The gulags. You read the gulag section. Did, did someone actually see? say that? No. Oh, there's a gulag section.
3: By the way, I'm being facetious listeners, just so you know, I have no problem people on social welfare because I'm not scum. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, what can you do? But, you know, there are other things on the horizon. Uh, there are.
4: A new album, I
3: hear. A brand new record from a talented man from Cork in the studio with us right now and <laughs> can tell us Ooh. about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new Bantam record coming out on the 24th. 21st, sorry. 21st. 21st. Jesus. 21st Donald Dave. Trump over
4: here.
2: <laughs> 21st of October. Oh, my God. That's, yeah, this Friday. Crazy.
3: Yeah. Madness. Absolute madness. You're, uh, you know, it's been a big year. Lots of big name releases. Lots yeah. of very good albums. Lots of people really testing themselves. And you've been working on this for quite a while.
2: I've been working on this for three years, I'd say. Oh, yeah. The... We're gonna uh, we're gonna preview a track on this podcast that I've been yes. working on for. I wrote the first note of it. I, th- I think it was two years, maybe three years ago, um, and it was the last track I finished. So that's like
4: Brian Wilson stuff. where you going slightly insane? I did. Just, like, yeah, there was was, a sandpit. Oh there was, my God.
2: <laughs> Um, it's just this synth. You'll know it when you hear it. It's this big abrasive sounding synth, and it was like my. Only way to describe it is that episode of Father Ted where they get the dent in the car and they try to fix it by denting it more and more and more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I did to that synth. I just dented it beyond repair, so I scrapped it and um, oh, I came man. back to it. Wow. Yeah. So it was just.
4: Did you get back to the synth, or did you have to go a whole different direction with the synth? Are we hearing the original synth now?
2: This is the original one. Yeah. Um, Sweet. Um, I, I scrapped it, and I actually went back and just taught myself production again. I had to, I had to go back and relearn. I felt like I had to relearn everything, and that's what I did.
4: It's the stuff Paddy Casey doesn't have to do. He just grabs an acoustic, and away he goes. <laughs> God damn it, Paddy.
2: <laughs> so, um, <laughs> he's going to do a remix, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> you should
3: remix a Paddy Casey song. What's, no, his, what's his, his big song? No. Um, Saints and Sinners. Is that
1: what, is that what it is? Time, region, and I heard some horrible, it's the Bob Dylan version. I've
3: heard, I've heard some horrible stories about, 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 about that man.
4: He ruined my cousin's birthday. Go on. Uh, my cousin went to his gig and it was really bad. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, like I say that to everyone
3: like every time <laughs> they mention Paddy Casey. It seems like he stole your cousin's woman or started <laughs> <a party. laughs> Um Yeah, well, you know, I interviewed him once. Seems like an all right dude. He seemed cool when he's an an I interviewed him, yeah. So all right guy. When I say terrible stories, but I don't mean anything like terribly salacious. It's just that, you know, Patty Casey gigs can be a bit grim. Sorry, it. Yeah, yeah. He's when, a nice uh, chap. they no Nickelback. They're no Nickelback, I can tell you. You know. <laughs> Yeah. You are not going to get table service at <laughs> the Paddy Casey gig. That's not going to happen.
4: but moving away from Paddy Casey's music. How does it feel to be kind of unleashing it in, into the world? Is it like will Friday be a big day for you or does yeah, it seem kind it's, of it's
2: huge. I'm uh I've never been I'm excited, but I'm nervous as well. I've never been nervous before releasing something before, and now <laughs> for some reason I'm very nervous. Okay. Uh just because of who's involved, um you know, it's going to be reviewed by a lot of people. Um you know, I've been living with this bunch of songs for so long that i'm I'm almost detached from them. I don't know what to think of them if if you know what I mean yeah um so uh, yeah, I'm nervous and excited, but it's 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 good it's a good feeling. I've heard the record oh yeah, yeah not it's not, it. not, it's not very Scott good I hear him say this and I'm like he yeah. D- didn't get
4: back to that original synth. it was <laughs>
3: <sighs> original mean, synth that's my next album it's mm, it's time to be honest here on the no anchor podcast like, we, you know, like 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 we, we don't just say our friends' records are good. <laughs> Uh, I like. it. I'm guessing it. it's it, awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah, no, it is. Uh, as a matter of fact, the title track will be played exclusively at the end of this episode that you're listening to, uh, which I heard months ago, and uh, it's a been long time, yeah. bouncing
4: around my brain ever since. Okay, well, I'll have to listen to my own podcast because I rarely do, <laughs> <What the laughs> unless fuck? I'm not honest. Don't, <laughs> yeah.
3: don't don't say that. That's that's not a good admission. <laughs> it's just my own voice. You know. It's weird. People have me people out. have literally told you that they loved your voice.
4: I know, but comes not here to you know, reassure me like he usually is.
3: Um, but yeah. Uh, you, there's a lot of interesting guests on here. And yeah, it's interesting because I mean, like, like, I mean, like, not to ahead, but like later on with songs of the week, I was going to talk about featured artists and how like that's such a commercial thing, and a lot of it can feel quite you know stale, and a lot of it can can feel kind of forced. But I think in your case, you genuinely sought out people that you thought would complement the songs, and in some cases, you were like, well, you know, I she kind of makes the song you know like with her voice on it I don't think it would work
2: definitely yeah I mean there's a a singer that everybody's gonna know next year Farah L Um, she sings on Feel It Out it's the fourth track on the album which everyone will hear on Friday Um, she's from my native Drogheda I believe she is Um, so she's my friend Abe's sister and he persistently kept saying "Look." you should check out my sister's music. She's great. She's great. And I just kept putting it off, you know, yeah, of course, yeah all right, as you would, and, uh, <laughs> <Fuck> off, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I, I, I think she came up on my Twitter feed or something. And I was, I was blown away by her, um, her style. Um, and just I reached out to her straight away. We had the track done within a week and that was back in July. Um, like, and this happened, I'd say three times over in that month. You know, I, I didn't expect to have an album. Wow. You know, I, I, i released that track with Loa, Take It, back in February. Um yeah. that was around the time I had the first podcast with you guys. Mm. And um we were we were thinking maybe, you know, I'd have one track before Christmas this year just to kind of tie things over. But just there's been a just a, a series of fortunate events, I guess, um this summer just with singers, like between Fara L. Um I had had a chance encounter with a singer, um, he goes by the name Wiseman, he's based in London. So um, I met him through my cousin. Again, we had a track done within a week that closes the album. Um, The Russ Gano family, they're going to be on it with a singer from Cork called Sunita. Um, Who else? Oh, yeah, and CeCe Brez and Louise Carey. They're going to be on a track. It's quite eclectic, and I yeah. mean, I remember
3: talking to you back in February, uh, and you were kind of saying like, you, you, like the whole kind of rip it up and start again approach was very prevalent. And I mean, like we were talking particularly about guitar and guitar lines, yes. and it's definitely it's a guitar heavy record without being too abrasive about it. Like it's quite subtle.
2: Definitely, yeah, yeah. It's I not mean, Nickelback style. <laughs> there's like there's, no, no, there's, there's no, no rock star on there. I'm just <laughs> no. say,
3: disclaimer for listeners: if you're looking
2: for a rock star by Nickelback, maybe just keep listening to Nickelback. It's no heroes but uh, (laughs) there are there's two guitar solos on this record I just I've totally forgot about that but uh, self-indulgent man totally (laughs) you've gone (laughs) prog look look what you've
3: done it used to be about the music and now it's
2: just about you like yes or something it's just (laughs) noodling in the background (laughs) fan blowing my hair back and everything but uh, (laughs) yeah there's a lot of guitar on it but yeah I mean there's two tracks that have no guitar at all but everything just kind of works together I, I put a lot of time into mixing the tracks together and having this kind of mix vibe to it i guess I, i've been told it feels like two sides like the first half is is almost a mix of tracks and the second half is these separate tracks that go along well yeah. together so a lot of thought has been put into that all right and um so uh, yeah i'm just dying to get this out and and you feel suit. kind
4: of completely spent are you just totally like, yeah, wow yeah. i've just <laughs> emptied my brain into like this record and now there's kind of a have to regroup and
2: yeah definitely know. um I've I've done a remix since I've done two remixes since and they've been tough going, and I'd say after Paddy Casey is a hard task. <laughs> <Paddy Master, laughs> yeah, so I can Lickle back as well, man. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd say like after I get this out, I'll get get the buzz again. Like I'm working on um, live sets now, so and I'm in the background. I'm talking to people about putting on gigs, so that's to be announced um, as of yet. But whenever I play live, I come back really inspired. Yeah, you know. Or whenever I see somebody live as well. Like we're going to go and see Death Grips. Death Grips tonight. Oh, yeah. So like, jealous. Death Grips. Bloody early so, shift. I'm going to yeah. miss it.
3: You can still come. No, I come on. can't. So I'm not rock and roll. Slave to the business grind. <laughs> I really Slave am. To yeah. The crime. <laughs> well, so. yeah. There will be. We'll report back on Death Grips next week. Uh, but in the meantime, Rory's album will be available on all the usual services: SoundCloud, Spotify, etc. But will it be able, able, able to be uh, applicable for? Apple Music. That's me segueing into the news in terrible, Seamless. terrible fashion. Uh yeah. Here's the news, bong. <laughs> we talk about streaming services on this podcast arguably too much because it's kind of one of those areas where it's like none of us are, you know, well, sorry, Craig is a business-minded <laughs> character these days. <laughs> but I just kind of feel, I always feel a little bit out of my depth. I always feel like, you know, like,
4: eh, like... Oh. Talk it up some more.
3: So... Well, okay. Well, tell us what's happening then, Greg.
4: Well, Amazon have kind of entered the fray. They were already kind of there with Amazon Prime, um, but they were offering something like two million tracks, and it was really just an add-on to their kind of general service. There was a few tracks you could, you know, get involved with. But this is their proper Spotify slash Apple Music yeah, slash free title. trial for you to take advantage. I know. Yeah. I, have t- I haven't cancelled Apple Music. Of course, yet. you haven't now. <laughs> so
2: it's not three months though yet. I don't. So think. wait. So this is this is Amazon Music. Is there? Are they going into the Netflix type th- side of things as well, or have they? Well, Amazon
4: Prime, yeah. Well, you can't get it in Ireland, but they have done yeah. all that stuff with Top Gear. What's it called now? It's I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, it's Top Gear exclusive. It's they do have a kind of Jeremy Netflix Clarkson rival thing lines, yeah. going on with the Prime version. Yeah, what's it called again? <sighs> this the Great Tour. Keep or on trucking the Great yeah. the Grand Tour. The grand, the grand Tour. tour. The grand tour yeah. 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 I won't be watching it. <laughs> no way, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But yeah, this is their kind of standalone um, Spotify rival and it's got, you know, tens of millions of songs, not as many as Spotify. But the big thing is that they've dipped below that kind of tenor um, monthly subscription rate that everyone's just been going by because kind of the record labels weren't kind of uh, lowering the price for licensing. And essentially they're offering like a four quid deal if you get this Echo speaker they have, which basically I think it's a speaker that also controls your home so that sounds exciting doesn't it that sounds terrifying (laughs) terrifying yes (laughs) so you know for six quid less though you can have a robot listen to you in your
2: house (laughs) that sounds like a Halloween episode of the Simpsons or something like that
4: yeah um, and there's other kind of deals. If you're already on Amazon, I think it's a bit cheaper. But, yeah, they're just kind of getting into what's already a crowded market. And I don't know if there's going to be any room for them, to be honest.
3: Well, there's often backlash to these things. And there often is. there's backlash at the moment to Apple Music. Uh, Anna Nee, who has made one of the records of the year in the form of Hopelessness, kind of, you know, initially started promoting that record through Apple Music with a Naomi Campbell-led video for Drone Bomb Me. And now has come out and she has said that uh, she expresses serious regret at having done this, uh, which like, I always find these interesting when it happens this way. When artists who have integrity suddenly trash something that they use, I mean, I'm not saying that someone you know can't make mistakes or anything, but like I don't know. I mean, like, like what do you think? Is there? I feel a like bit of a well, you know, you knew what you're signing up for. as a corporation.
4: Yeah, but I feel like with her, she's suddenly gone. Oh God, what have I done? Do you know what I mean? It does seem, like particularly what she's saying, and also the fact that the video. I mean, it was kind of a labour of love. It, it, there was no money there to actually get it made, so this was kind yeah, of the like, only person
3: who got paid was the hairdresser.
4: Yeah, which and Naomi Campbell was in it, so she was just doing it for free. Possibly. That was the most surprising thing in yeah. the story for me.
3: Do you uh, speaking of hairdressers and barbers? Do you uh, do you ever tip? Do you tip your barber? <laughs> <laughs> is this is some <laughs> weird. No, I'm, I'm just curious because I, I, I got my haircut yesterday. Yeah, we, we can all agree it looks great. It does. Yeah, I was just, about say, your just, just about to say. Just about to say after the news. I was yeah, gonna, yeah. I was gonna, you might say my to tracks I went shorter than usual, but it's not fully shaved. Yeah, it's like you know, I can still slick it back slightly. Is that shorter um, than usual? It actually is. Yeah, like it's deceptive. Uh, uh, gen, like, I was like, take half off the take take half double what you would normally take off, sir. And I was kind of like, I went in going, oh, I'm a bit broke this week, and I don't know if I can afford to tip the guy, but he's really good. Yeah, uh, I, I think a hair, tip. it's a haircut in Dublin, So I've, yeah, I yeah, fifty I, I, cent I tip. No, 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 a decent tip. But, I mean, ultimately, I, that's one of the things where I've had people be like, you know, uh, no, I obviously would never tip my barber. I'm like, I think you should,
2: though, you know? No? Well, like, if you if you have the crack with them, like, I tip my barber.
3: Based on the banter.
2: Based on, yeah, just, you know, if they're – and the, I go to these guys in Ranala. They're crossing the Lewis Stop. They're just a bunch of sound lads. And, you know, I'll give them whatever I have. Sure. You know? I, I
4: think it's one of those things where it's probably expected I think it's. it's, the,
0: a, it's a I think weird... you have
3: to do it, and I've genuinely been like, I could really use that fiver, but like, fuck it, I have to do this. Don't mess with a guy with scissors. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, it's just kind of a thing. It's it's, it's kind of a you know like it's, it's 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 like it's it's like a nod, but the nod has money with it. You know.
4: Heck yeah, and you're losing money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, worth it though. You did a great job. But anyway, back to Apple. Yeah, back to
3: Apple. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell did we get here? Just really happy with the haircut, you know. Uh, yes but the point is the hairdresser was paid and no one else was as it should be am I right yes um, this, I don't know I,
2: I have questions like I, I want to know we might what, have answers <laughs> do yeah. we have answers Dave <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, don't think I have some questions that need answering <laughs> okay. um, like I'd love to know what was the initial deal it must have been massive mm. For, we're talking Apple here they've got infinite money and uh, like, and what is the realisation that Anani has come to now or what, what has triggered that
3: well, it was financed by Apple in return for timed exclusivity, as these things often are. Obviously, to drive potential customers. And like, to is it. that
2: exclusivity forever, or is it? They like... don't
3: tend to be. I mean, obviously, the Frank Ocean record comes out and it's on Apple Music, and then all of a sudden, like you know, a month later, it's like it's on Spotify now, yeah. and then like, I think it's on Google Play now. Yeah, which is I always it's always the last one to catch up. <laughs> Fucking hell! Um, but now Anoni has come out and said, you know, we're all being herded into all these shady situations. The focus of your music is so, if the focus of your music is social justice, that becomes a big part of your quote-unquote brand. And as soon as you have enough followers. The corporations come knocking to rent out your brand, which they then turn around and use as a pheromone to sell their products. You use that money to make a music video and pay for your recording costs, but now your record has a logo for Nike or Apple on the back. Do we really want a front for these multinationals? It's been such an an insidious transfer of our agency. Which is true, but again... Like, does her record actually have logos and stuff on it? No, but the I'd video like, definitely had, like, like, when it was put out, like, you know, anytime Apple Music you have the Apple, Apple yeah. Music and you have to go on to Apple Music to see it and you have to subscribe or even do a free trial to get to it until it maybe becomes mass market available, which could be two months later or whatever it is. Yeah. So, fair enough. But all I'll say is, you know, like, I mean, you know, Anoni's a very intelligent person. You know, surely you knew what devil you were dancing with here, no?
4: She also goes on to call Apple the McDonald's of consumer high tech. Um, whose wealth was largely pilfered from what was once a biodiverse music industry. So these don't seem like kind of opinions you form overnight after one bad experience of taking money off them. Mm. So it must have been, I don't know.
3: Well, there is a male couple. She says, I'm as guilty as the next person for having signed up for this. The record companies can't afford to advance the whole cost for making the record anymore, let alone pay for an ambitious video. So after a lot of hemming and hawing, I agreed to work with Apple in the video. I wanted the video to have a wider reach and only they could offer me the resources to do so. So it just kind of strikes me as I don't I don't think that there's a real villain in this one. I just kind of feel like if you're going to work with a major corporation, if you're going to go to a creative agency, or if you're going to go to, you know, a big director and spend money and whatever happens. I mean, like, ultimately, that's just the way the cookie kind of crumbles here. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think she's lost any integrity. I mean, like, that's one of the best reviewed records of the year. I think it's excellent. I expect it to top a lot of critics charts and I don't think anyone has a major problem with this. And if anyone does, that's just your classic. Like, and
4: what's oh, being advertised? Apple Music. You know, it's not like yeah. it's some weird tie-in with, I don't know, like a burger or something. Yeah, <laughs> you it, go, know, it
2: goes back to the, the Nike reference and all that. I'm, I'm just kind of wondering where that's coming from. I mean, I don't know. If, if I was in her position, I would have jumped at it. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, but, I think we all would. Yeah, you want yeah. to go on
3: Core on Apple Music? No problem. <laughs> and I don't think anyone
4: was going, What? what is she doing? Really? Apple Music? She's totally sold out. Um, yeah. I, I thought the way Frank Ocean handled it was really well done because he kind of subverted it. Like it was he fantastic. had it was got out of his record deal, had yeah. this Apple deal, but also starts off the fucking video basically mocking Samsung, Apple, kind of, you know, with the Wolfgang Tillmans track and then the, ending it with 90s, that. So yeah. it's really just a total. F you to everybody While still getting the art out there So yeah. I thought that was just A kind of Flawless it's way to do it
2: It's one of the tracks of the year As well I love that track yeah.
3: Well we will be discussing Our tracks of the year at the In December I believe On on this very show So stay tuned Will be the month for it I've already got my shortlist out But there's a lot more to come And uh, speaking of poetic types Bob Dylan's in the news At the moment For uh, winning the Nobel Prize For literature And becoming the first musician To ever do so Which to me People are up in arms about this Saying that Haruki Murakami Should have won Amongst others And I am kind of surprised that there has never been a musician winning this before, personally. You kind of think that it should be one of those things where if you're going to look at art as this wide-reaching thing, why not?
4: Well, I think because lyric writing has always been seen as just a pulpish kind of pop culture throwaway thing. um, I mean, it wouldn't in recent decades to kind of most of us, but I think the noble committee might be of that opinion and the only reason I knew that there hadn't been was because this was one of those perpetual nova stories where it'd be like Bob Dylan is maybe in the running for like you know the literature award, and it's always his name that's put out there. That's as a real the um, first person. That that's should,
3: a real third, uh, second, or third story sting when you're waiting. It's like coming up. Liam Gallagher <laughs> yeah, talks yeah. about Oasis possibly reforming, and Bob Dylan might be up for the Nobel Peace
4: Prize or Nobel Peace Prize, Nobel Prize for <laughs> Literature.
3: But first, Craig with Spatters Online tells us about Nickelback.
4: Well, Marty, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was all that kind of stuff. Um, so I don't know. I, I haven't seen any uproar, but then I haven't really looked for any uproar. Twitter. Okay, it's on
3: Twitter. That, that's where all the uproar is these days. Um, yeah, the uproar feed. <laughs> people aren't happy. Uh, of course, people. Bob Dylan's a contentious figure anyway because he sometimes sounds like a, a, radi- a radiator that's being bled, and sometimes he sounds like a, a, a magnificent angel of a human being. Yeah. yeah,
4: his voice has been kind of ruined from it. Well, his his voice is just ruined as it is at this stage. But um, I want you. One of my favorite Bob Dylan songs. Someone once said that. He sounds exactly like Mr. Burns on that, and now I just hear Mr. Yeah. Burns any time I hear like '60s or
2: '70s Dylan. Wow, he can't play guitar anymore. Is that true? Really? Yeah, he only plays piano live. I might be wrong. Okay, just like an arthritis singer or something. Yeah, yeah, there was a tour oh, he did, pretty pretty and he just he, he stood to the, or he sat to the side of the crowd and just played piano. Okay, no guitar. He
4: might Whoa. have just been trying to piss people off because he seems to enjoy doing that when he Maybe. performed. So well, <laughs> look,
2: let's uh, let's break this up with 30 seconds of
3: my favorite Bob Dylan song, which sounds like this.
1: Shadows are falling and I've been here all day It's too hot to sleep and time is running away Feel like my soul has turned into steam I've still got the scars. at the
3: sun in me. So that was Not Dark Yet by Bob Dylan. Uh, a beautiful track from No Way Want You the late nineties. Craig might Didn't not sound too
4: Burnsyan. <laughs>
3: I I kinda think that if you've written that song alone, you should be up for Nobel Prize for Literature. I mean, like this is a prize that Seamus Heaney has won. Let's
4: talk it about He was that. dreadful. We dreadful always talk poem. about Seamus Heaney.
2: Like, you know, like... Oh, he- we've got a Seamus Heaney Oh, shit. <laughs> no, no. No? Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, Heaney, rubbish. I had to study him for the leaving, Cert. I'm scared for life. And yeah. I mean,
3: like, you know, again, it's like, you know, Heaney wanted for, like, something like, you know, the ethical beauty and the the miracles of everyday life. And it's like, okay, this is a guy who wrote about, you know, seeing kittens drowned in front of him as a child. I'm like, okay, give it to that. Bob Dylan, on the other hand, has wanted for, quote, having created new poetic expressions within the great American song tradition. Uh, he's been described as a great sampler. And for 54 years, he has been at it, reinventing himself. (laughs) Plagiarist. Start with blonde and blonde," said the uh, permanent secretary of the Swedish Academy. So that's a
4: position that you will never get to. Imagine having that life. That sounds great. Permanent secretary. I'm the permanent secretary Uh, of the Swedish Academy.
3: Sarah Danils. I'm sure Cullen will pronounce that better with his Scandinavian leanings. Uh, An extraordinary example of his brilliant way of rhyming, putting together refrains and his brilliant way of thinking. Bob Dylan is the 259th American to have won the Nobel across all disciplines and the first to win the Literature Prize since Toni Morrison in 1993.
4: Uh, 13 Americans have won it so far. You're all about the Americans. <laughs> 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 now listen, I, it may, I think it makes sense that he's won it. He was the kind of default choice, really, wasn't he, if you're going to suddenly include rock and roll? Um, I mean, he does, most of the songs are ABAB rhyme scheme, so maybe he's not a great poet, but he is one of the finest lyricists. To ever have lived, wow! In um, my humble opinion, that's praise indeed.
3: Yeah, that's and true. you <laughs> know, as I said, this now sets a precedent, so we can hope that Kanye West will someday get his due from <laughs> <laughs> from the permanent
2: secretary. He'll just make up his own award and give it to himself. Yeah. A, give it to Beyonce. That's a good call.
3: Yeah. Well, well, we did have the, the first ever Taylor Swift award was this year given to Taylor Swift. That, oh there, yeah, there's a Taylor Swift award. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the was it who, who runs Music Week in the UK? whatever oh, that whatever God, that body is yeah. developed the Taylor Swift award to get her over there for some nice photographs or whatever um, yeah I mean Dylan's uh, I, 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 I like that Dylan at his age now in some way shape or form is still provoking some outrage and uproar we kind of need a bit of that you're not going to get Chad Kroger in this let's be honest
4: no no. <laughs> this Nickelback a few decades from now continues I think. Time will episode come. Yeah. Uh,
3: take a drink every time we've said Nickelback <laughs> I apologise for what will happen to your liver but yeah uh, a fellow musical elder statesman uh, has had a bit enough of Life in general, it seems. We kind of teased this on the podcast recently. Well, I don't mean, like, <laughs> oh, God. what a teaser! I don't mean, teased it, but we kind of referred to the fact that Leonard Cohen, his new album, comes out on the same day
4: as Bantam's record. <sighs>
2: Hefty competition there. Big lads. competition. It's the
4: Blur versus Oasis. Oh, of is <laughs> <laughs> At last, it's
2: Leonard Cohen versus Rory Lynch. <laughs> this is me and Leonard facing off in a nightclub in London. Yeah. Two men enter, one man <laughs> leaves. Well,
3: you know, if it has to go down that way, I don't think Leonard Cohen will have much of a problem because, yeah, the, an excellent profile in The New Yorker. And he discusses his new album, of course, his entire life story, and his declining health. Uh, the author David Remnick notes that touring any time in the future is unlikely, unfortunately. I think a lot of people were hoping that we'd see him one more time in Dublin uh cohen discussed his unfinished poems and songs and said i don't think i'll be able to finish those songs i mean maybe i uh, maybe i'll get a second wind i don't know but i don't dare attach myself to a spiritual strategy i don't dare do that i've got some work to do take care of business i'm ready to die i hope it's not too uncomfortable that's about it for me
4: yeah, and it, it's a really, really fascinating piece and it kind of spans his whole life with also these kind of fresh interviews with him at home and he seems like in very good spirits as you can tell from that I mean, in terms of just how measured and kind of calm and Leonard cohen he is about the whole thing and he seems kind of in decent enough health his mind is still great, he's still creating he actually says now that he sees himself kind of not having to earn a living anymore or tour, he's just kind of working away he's at home, he's close to his family so... It's kind of seems to be a serene enough setup that he has, um, but by all accounts, he is quite ill, so it's, it's a really, really sad one. I'm sure this record will be stunning, as his last couple have been since the comeback. And, yeah, I mean, it just seems like he's going to make the most kind of Leonard Cohen exit as possible, um, which will be kind of graceful and just, you know, the one we'd all kind of hope for, I suppose.
3: Well, we mentioned before on the podcast that he wrote that letter to... Um, the Mary Marianne of the song and in it he said well Mary Marianne it's come to this time when we're really so old and our bodies are falling apart and I think I will follow you very soon know that I am so close behind you that if you stretch out your hand I think you can reach mine take that award away from Bob Dylan
2: and give it to this man yeah I'd, be,
4: yeah, I'd prefer Leonard Cohen to be honest but that's what I'm saying yeah
2: it's, fu- yeah, it's funny you see Leonard Cohen I, 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 I'm thinking of Len- Leonard Cohen and I'm thinking of David Bowie and how they're, appro- they're both approaching their demise basically through music you know like yeah, how, yeah how like black star came about and then was it the next day david boy passed away
4: it was was it the Two next days day later I think yeah it was i think anyway. it came out on the friday and we heard about it on the monday, monday morning, wasn't it yeah. so yeah
2: that so, still haunts me like that the way he planned that and approached it and with the videos that the music everything was just mind-blowing so to see leonard Cohen just openly face it yeah it's it's
4: I mean, it's got to be a tough thing to do because no one really wants to face that. But I suppose maybe it's, it's a comfort. It's what you've been doing all your life. Plus Why wouldn't you keep creating this, uh, if you're
2: working
3: on this record with his son as well? I mean, that's got to really kind of bring it home. Yeah,
4: Adam Cohn um, has been producing this. And I guess probably because you hear he's kind of, you know, he's he's um, stuck at home, really. So it's probably more necessity than anything. He's, he's not in the studio. He's just been recording in his kind of living room. Uh, but he's working away, and yeah, as you say, Rory, I mean, he seems to be wanting to kind of document everything. Um,
2: or uh, document, or yeah, he's, he just seems to be, you know, he's open about it. He's yeah, he's not um, keeping it to himself. Well,
3: I'll, uh, I guess I'll always regret never seeing him live, because I've heard it's basically a religious experience. And um, yeah, hopefully Father Time gets defeated on this one, and he lives for another 100 years. Yeah. Or thereabouts, <laughs> but um, some legacies won't live as long as his. The songs of the week this week has a couple of those. But what this we'll do, segment? What, what, what we'll do is yeah, this segment we'll will fade into <laughs> into dust yeah. uh, and lethargy. So hang on, uh, I feel With like tears like and rain. We had a bad, <laughs> a mostly bad clutch of songs of the week last week, so it's not great again this week, listener. Please don't turn off the episode. What we'll do in a bit to try and shake it up. Well, hold on. I'm not so sure about that. So. Okay, interesting. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's, it's it's trash or anything, but I I, I think it's contentious. Okay, but that's what a good song of the week is. Sex. Yep. Yeah. Now that I got your attention, listeners, here's a here's a trailer for a, a sex podcast on the of Podcast Network.
0: I'm Shauna Scott, owner of Sexshopa.ie, and now the host of brand new monthly podcast, Our Sexual History, where we explore the different backstories to one of the most universal aspects of being human, sex.
2: The drag community and the leather community get on very well. We're the ones who started the Stonewall Riots. The Stonewall Riots were started by drag queens and leather men, (laughs) and um, we've been very good
1: partners ever since.
0: this first season my guests and I look at the history of leather culture how in the 16th century your orgasms either made you a witch or a catholic saint and what were the wide-ranging social implications of syphilis in the victorian era what do you think would count as a miracle I think making life? people fall in love I think for me the first time I made a girl come oh my god that was <laughs> insane I was like I am the Khaleesi <laughs> All this and more starting this Sunday, the 16th, on Our Sexual History, distributed through the Headstuff Podcast Network.
2: Originally, the gay men imitated the straight guys. Then the straight guys began to imitate the gay guys to kind of bring (laughs) it back around. So it was like full circle.
0: Be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at This Headstuff and join the Headstuff Podcast Network group on Facebook, where we'll keep you up to date with new episodes and fun extras. I love orgasms as a miracle. Yeah, that's amazing. Because I've had a few where I'm like, yes, this is miraculous.
3: <laughs> Sexy stuff. Sexy stuff. First episode is all about leather, so uh, get involved. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> so what we'll do is, there are five songs, <laughs> and we'll do our random lottery draw. Rory, pick a number. Oh, Without man. looking at the list. <laughs> 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 <You> just count. eyes <laughs> <laughs> just go down to the page. Oh, just oh, defeating okay. the entire purpose. Uh, two. Okay, good. Yeah, a, a good start here. This is Week of Corners, ahead of their new record, which comes out next month, The Cadences of Others. So this is called Oh.
2: I can't say I'll be
3: high. I can't say I'll be low. This former guest of this podcast, Week of Corners, two very fine gentlemen indeed.
2: Now
4: let's rip this track apart. <laughs> but,
3: but what have they done now? Uh, this is dreadful. No, no, I, I think this is really, really good. I think it's really, really sweet. And it's, it's interesting because off that podcast, I was like you know, like, you guys are so good at, like, doing this thing that you do quite often, and I guess that's what the record's going to be. And they were like, well, no, not really. This song isn't very indicative of, of where we're going. And I think that this one definitely has darker leanings. It has an excellent video as well to accompany it. And, yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this record. I'm very hopeful. They're, they're a band that continue to interest me. I kind of feel like they should be on a bigger platform than they are. And they just have an incredible ability to kind of string it all together. Like Like, again, you talk about, you know, people who are good with their lyrics and good with their words and yeah, um, there are a few bands in this country better than these guys and um, yeah I mean like all I can say is I'm a fan I was taken by this I think it, it, it continues their upward trajectory and I highly recommend it what about you guys?
4: Yeah they're very good at like an arresting opening especially lyrically you know immediately you're into kind of concubines and canaries and coal mines and it's, mm. it kind of takes it from there it's a bit new slangish to me
3: oh no way that's a terrible song
4: no, I actually like it as a the song but the melody yeah the terrible the backing song from melody, Garden state it's not a shit song this it's will change good your song Life with Natalie Portman, but the fucking headphones. It on. didn't change my life, but it's a good song. Duh. As is this, but no, it's very simil- similar, kind of melodically. There's just a hint of it there, um, which is ruin- a good thing. You're, you're going to ruin this song. for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, But I, I don't know. I just this feels like I'm very interested to hear what they come up with because it seems like they've kind of moved on. What I liked about this was the comfort in the kind of silences they have. Like there's, yeah. g- it's quite expansive. They're Clearly, kind of quite confident in what they're doing. They're just letting the ideas kind of, you know fulfill themselves to the full ex, fullest extent and it was a kind of nice expansive opening there's a nice kind of switch up at one point it almost go, it goes a bit frenetic it's almost kind of tomorrow never knows kind of squalling in the background um
2: yeah the st- when the strings i didn't expect the strings come in yeah but um uh, they sound amazing I, I love how i was kind of thrown by that as well i didn't expect it it's really cool um yeah and I, i'm not much of a i don't listen to lyrics that much you, you know what i mean i'm more of a music melody type person but I was drawn to I I'm intrigued by what they're trying to say in this in this track. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's I'll be I'll be going back again to listen to it just to listen to the lyrics. Which I don't do very often.
4: That's kinda of job done for them, isn't yeah.
2: it? Yeah, yeah. Well it bodes
3: well for the records, which comes out next month, and again, just like stacking them up this year with really, really good records and we hope that they will be among them. But Craig, pick a number. Number four, please, Dave. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, this is a, a controversial choice this week. We're bringing the man who is named Robin Thicke to the dance. And um, we normally kind of play about 30-second excerpts of songs. I'm going to play a full minute of this one because of how it starts and what it, and what it feeds into. This is Robin Thicke uh, alongside Naz. The song is called Deep. And it sounds like
1: this. The problem's getting worse. A modern 1970 Johannesburg. Man, it hurts to see a cop kill a black man alert. News flash. Police shoot blacks. Distort facts. Quick attack. Unarmed men murdered them. It's captured on cell phone video. And they still let them go. When will they stop killing them? why is they killing for white man with a gun apprehended? He's still alive. Black man with a gun. He has no chance to survive. They gonna shoot him dead as soon as they see the brown of his eyes. And he asked me why you ain't smiling
2: eyes. Cause I have a son and I die inside when I gotta tell him what was told of me. Can't play with your water gun, son, cause the police see a seven years old as a threat. They think it's right to kill a seven years old on sight cause he ain't white. So, baby, if I'm acting up tight when our conversation is weak, it ain't
1: you. It's just it ain't that deep. We could be everything, everything that we ever needed, everything that we ever wanted to be. We could still be it ain't that deep.
3: Does that work? Um, this is the thing. And also... It's bizarre. Does Robin Thicke really want to use Black Lives
4: Matter as his comeback foil? This it doesn't even feel like a Robin Thicke song. No, It feels like all. a Nas song. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is going on? But it also feels like, an, like Nas shouldn't really be... Okay, well, you have that opening, which everyone has just heard. Um... And I don't know, if It's uh, maybe not Nas's finest work, but he's certainly on point with a lot of what he says. I like some of the imagery there. It's very charged. It is very charged. And that's the thing, you're expecting something like, I don't know, Rick Rubin's 99 Problems to kind of crash in. And suddenly we're into some like Robin Ticks slow jam. <laughs> um.
2: Yeah, spoken word intros usually lose me this last me. Like, yeah, but,
4: I, we get into the jam then. And I've listened to this so much. I'm not sure if it's subversive or it's just some weird batshit rubbish. <laughs> I think this might
3: be. G- is this good? The production's really good. I and think they this have is a like good
4: song. Maybe that <laughs> kind
3: of that kind of snap lilt thing that comes on like uh, in the closing seconds of what we played there is really funky
4: and cool.
0: Yeah, and it's like got this the kind
3: vocals fine. It's, it's kind of like a... wandering
4: like, surf guitar in the background with yeah. some kind of whistling and not a lot of g- lot going on. And
3: Robin Thicke kind of sounds a bit like you know. Well, this wouldn't have made future sex love sounds, but it was probably in the same recording sessions that kind of vocal. And obviously, you know, he's been accused of. Well, he's been accused of a lot, but he's been accused <laughs> of, of sounding like Justin Timberlake quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a, an interesting song. I'm yeah. not sure if it's good or bad. In that I'm with you. It's a it's a fucking weird one, and I I don't, I don't think totally it makes any sense with these two together. It almost is like someone it, like got ly- these two for lyrically songs. it
4: does because I went on to genius and like an analysed this, and it is
3: the best n- website ever by the way.
4: Nas talking to some bird, and it's essentially like like him chatting someone up, but also saying, "Hey, listen, babe, we could just like hook up, but it doesn't really matter because all this shit's going on. You know what matters? <laughs> Black eyes matter." It's kind of... That's basically what the song is. Well, Robin Thicke just struts about in the background. Yeah. It's some weird experimental kind of like... I don't know. Concept I'd,
2: uh, song. That I <laughs> I'd like to know if, they actually, if they'd if actually met each other while they recorded the track. Yeah. Ooh, that's not. Yeah, you know, they could have been on, on totally different coasts while they worked on this. And it, it's, it, that's what it sounds like to me.
3: I wonder if it was like, Hey, Robin, I'm doing a song about Black Lives Matter. And I want you involved. I know you're a controversial figure, but you got something I like. Let's do it. And he's like, Great. And then Robin Thicke just did his own thing.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, a week what, from now, I like. might just be like, this is rubbish. But yeah, it's I working don't think it's for gonna, me. I don't I think, think
3: it's going to be like in the Pantheon of Songs at the end of this year. But I didn't find it offensive... Uh, which again, when it comes to Robin Thicke, is a good thing. It's kind of amazing that he's still going because he was really fucking chewed up and spat out.
4: Oh well, listen, come on. To what happened to degree. that man? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not mounting a defence, but just so you know. What? No, I kind of felt sorry okay, for him to on. be honest. Let's go. Oh well, okay. Well, after um, what was it? His Blurred. wife. There was a, no. Yeah. There was a photo that came out of him standing next to some fan. Some you know attractive female fan, and you could see in the mirror behind that he was just grabbing her arse. Okay, right. I didn't so quickly, it became apparent that he was just kind of filling around with his wife or He's a bit of a the actress, player. probably yeah. a slam bag. Yeah. So then it turned out that <laughs> he was having massive problems, like drug problems and stuff, and he had he had kind of a breakdown public breakdown then he released the very next year an album called Paula I bet his wife Basically, where it was just slow jams where it was like please take me back it sold something like 500 copies in the UK I think. it was
3: like uh, that Kirk Van Houten from the Simpsons Can I Borrow a Feeling yeah. stretched across 12 tracks and
4: then we learned about the problems he was having because of the court case where he was just like nope Pharrell wrote it I was out of my mind at the time I don't even remember recording this <laughs> one oh, and God. then didn't
3: Pharrell totally go nothing to do with me mate yeah. and like stepped back <laughs>
4: denounced him
3: yeah, so it's kind of incredible that he's even still making a song, has the money to do it, and can get someone of the caliber and name value of Nas on there. Well, so he's quite a
4: well-to-do fella anyway. It he comes from, yeah, kind of acting from... family. and oh, okay, right, He's gotcha. like Malibu dude. I so think, yeah.
3: uh, basically what you're saying, Craig, is that there's a redemption story here.
4: Yeah, I think, <laughs> <and> it, <laughs> I think it starts is... <laughs>
3: with a plea to society about, you know... Well, listen, I think Nas's
4: work on this is murdered. quite interesting. I think there there is a good line about, you know... Um, like not his son not being able to play with a water gun because yeah, you know he yeah. might get shot and like the police will kill a seven year old. I think I think
3: I think that now's verse is great. Yeah, I think it's excellent.
4: So you know I I think maybe this could just do something really good for society in terms of bringing back Robin Thicke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Another <work>. song, <laughs>
3: Rory. Pick a number. We've had a two and four so far.
2: Mm, number five.
3: All right, good choice, Rory. And this one is an interesting collaborative effort as well. This is No Worries, which is Anderson Pack, who's been having quite the year alongside Knowledge, and it's called Get Bigger. Do you love
1: Check it? Out. I left home at 17, had the light the load I was young, but I was keen to survive on my own In the fall, got a gig with my brother-in-law Shopping work, bagging groceries, pushing in carts I was grateful to be working, but say, my back is hurting I don't think it's the purpose, no, this can't be the call At night, I'm working grave, just counting the time On my break, I write a song about the love of my life This ain't right so yeah, uh,
3: that's half of this kind of double A side spliced together. Craig, you know, this morning at like half seven in the morning due to your weird early starts that you're like, Anderson Pack is having a fucking insane year. He's
4: having an amazing year. It started off with Malibu arriving at just one of the albums of the year, I think. And he's been popping up and doing stuff with other people and just kind of really shining on every track he's been on. Um I, th- I saw someone saw, or said just kind of, you know, at a time when R&B is so dominated by these kind of falsetto voices and stuff, this kind of raw kind of it's really vocal. that It's so, yeah, it's so distinctive. Uh, every time he kind of crops up on a song, you're just immediately captivated. And again, this is just great. We've had a few tracks from No Worries, and they've all been great. And he's saying the album actually comes out next week. So this week as you're listening to it. It's called Oh Lord. Um, so It's not it's not further competition for, for Rory, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh <God>. Well, Anderson <laughs> Packer has said it's the best thing he's ever done. And it's a masterpiece. So um, we might have two albums of the year. I don't know. Jesus Christ. Fair play to them. Um, um,
3: yeah, this is, this is great. This is really fun. I love the groove. I love the production. It's easy going. It's a weirdly kind of nice counterpoint to the last song. Yeah. Um, but a better one, I think. And it just seems like everything he touches at the moment turns to gold. It's got that slowed
2: down kind of G funk West Coast thing. Um, yeah. What do you make of the uh, production now, here? Um, I love it. I'm just thinking, like every I enjoy his guest spots more than his. This is controversial. I, I enjoy his uh, guest spots more than his original stuff. Okay. okay. Interesting. Yeah. Like, like when he started out, I think the first track in the latest Schoolboy Q album, mm. he was on that. K. Tronada. He's on K. Yeah. That's one of my favourite tracks off that. He there. has a like, good track
4: with Mac Miller, of all people. Mac Miller. That's a jam. Yeah. yeah. And of Dang. course, Dre's record Compton, he kind of stole the show on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, Dre's kind of good at that. Like, he, he'll he release an album every 15 or 16 years, and just there will be someone that makes it massive. And it seems like yeah. it's going to be Anderson Pack.
2: But yeah, I just love, as I said, I love his voice. It's totally distinctive. Um, I love the production on this. It's just, it's a good mix.
3: Well, it's interesting you kind of mentioned, like, you know, you prefer him as a featured artist because you know we kind of hinted at earlier on there is that kind of thing about you know some featured artists do do that and they, and they mm. absolutely elevate a song every single time and he's doing it at the moment other featured artists uh are kind of you know like i don't know it, it can either feel hollow or you wonder if it's some kind of contractual thing or why they're even there which takes me nicely into maroon 5 featuring kendrick lamar that's track number one guys and don't want to yeah,
1: know so so I used to love don't wanna know No more, please stop. No more hashtag boo up screenshots, no more to make me jealous on your birthday. You know just how I make it better on your birthday. Oh, do we do you like this? Do we woo you like this? Do we let down for you cut you put you like this? Matter of fact, never mind, we gonna let the past be. Maybe is right now, but your body still staggered. No, Craig. Uh,
4: I don't want to know (laughs) Well Very good (laughs) I feel like uh, We've said this Numerous times But Tropical pop shitty And also Oh no sorry We're not talking about the song yet We're still on Kendrick Yeah yeah, Yeah, Kendrick uh, uh, Kendrick what are you doing With your life What the hell's going on (laughs) He's becoming Pitbull it's a weird, cynical thing from, like, one of the most socially conscious, kind of interesting, enlightened kind of voices in music at the moment. What the hell? He just, like he's just popping up just every this week weird, like, It's I'm- like a Jekyll and Hyde thing where he's just, like, inspiring and creating, like, groundbreaking music. And then, like, at night, he just gets in the boot and, like, fucking does about five other verses that he's going to send off to various points in America and make another kind of... Two hundred grand or something
2: like well, that's what I was going to say. He probably <laughs> just goes home and sleeps on his bed made of money, you know, from, <laughs> from all these collabs. It's so know. strange though because, I mean, should we talk about the song? Because yeah, let's it's, talk
3: about the song. Um it sounds quite uh, like George Reed of Aluna George put this together or something. It's got that kind of, you know, like zip bang tropical pop. Yeah, I mean
4: it's yeah, it's that tropical pop thing that Toby Tara was just saying. It's all over the place in tropical like house shit, yeah. Synthetic
2: Marimba second, thing. It's yeah, just I, like to be honest, I didn't finish this track I, the second <laughs> I heard that Yeah. <laughs> the you second I hear that tropical house stuff. I'm out of here. There's no tropical you know. house on the Bantam record, so you see, his now listeners.
4: And as sorry, as much as we were kind of grappling with <laughs> Robin Thicke, Adam Levine, maybe, <laughs> and, and Naz, and being like, this <laughs> is quite jarring. This is just like something else, and completely, this is. There's no reason why Kendrick should be on this. No, uh, it passes by in a second, and you don't really know what's going on with him.
3: This was clearly decided by committee in a boardroom. There's no way that this was a natural hookup between Maroon Five and Kendrick Lamar. It's vaguely depressing. It's vaguely depressing. Kendrick's verse is as phoned in, more phoned in than I thought he could get, and he's phoned in to all hell on that Sia song from about a month ago. Uh, he's on Taylor Swift track as well. Wasn't he? He's on Bad Blood by Taylor Swift, and I thought that oh, yeah. that was that was
4: in. The, but the that Nadir, by comparison yeah.
2: to
3: this is he, like he was in the video for that. He's in the video for that. I'm sure, he he was with uh, Imagine Dragons at the Grammys a
2: couple of years ago uh, doing Radioactive. Yeah.
3: Come on the show, Kendrick. You got a lot of downtime,
4: apparently. <laughs> apparently <so>. unless, <laughs>
2: unless this was done a very long time ago, but I kind of doubt that. It just seems very... It's he, very he's corporate. been around a while. Like, this is the do you reckon there's like a vault
4: where he was just, when he had no money, he had to record <laughs> lots of stuff, and now record companies are just like, oh, stick on another Kendrick verse from like 2000. Yes, <laughs> this is his version of a dark past, isn't it?
2: It yeah. was like, I
3: used to do these things I'm not too proud of. <laughs> I did some features with Adam Levine. Yeah. Uh, this has the App Music logo spotted all over as well. And, you know, in I, in terms of what Anna Nee was saying, you can kind of put those two together. Yeah, very disappointing. And as for Maroon 5, a band that I don't hate or anything, and they have a couple of songs that I do genuinely think are great. But overall, this is this is just, you know, as standard bargain bin as it gets. Yeah, it
4: has all those kind of, it ticks all those boxes, you know, chipmunk vocals. I
3: wouldn't call it the worst song of the songs of the week this week. That honour goes to <laughs> Death Cab for Cutie, with their anti-Donald Trump protest song. Good job, guys. It's called Million Dollar Loan, and unfortunately it ends like this. Now, earlier in the year, Death Cab for Cued announced a collaboration with uh, Lauren Mabry of Churches, and I tweeted out that I couldn't, con- my mind could not conceive of anything more beige when it came to the world of music. Well, uh, here it is. I mean, first of all, taking, like, you know, a protest song about Donald Trump, like, fuck off. I mean, like, like like why bother? Why bother at all? Pitchfork put up a thing where, like, here's eight great protest songs about Donald Trump, and they picked Nobody Speak by DJ Shadow at Run the Jewels, which is not a protest song about Donald Trump. It just has a good line about him. Uh, and they they, they they seem to really like this. Uh Can you think of anyone less threatening sounding or intimidating than
4: Ben Gibbard? No, and um, it's kind of quite a long time ago that I stopped listening to anything he wrote. I thought he had a couple of good songs. He just got so. Then he wrote
3: that album for Zoe Deschanel, it
4: and might've... then she divorced him. Was that the Was that the album that had "I Will Follow You into the Dark"?
3: No, that was that was way before that. that was, like, okay, was, well, two thousand five. That, that's
4: when I jumped off because I was just like, "This is the most mawkish, fucking earnest bullshit I've ever heard in my life." Like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and I thought, like, he he can be an okay lyricist at times. Um, when I heard, uh, you know, read the Pitchfork thing before hearing this song, and he gives this kind of speech of, you know, talking about Trump. And this is based on that moment during a Trump speech when he said that he basically is a self-made man because he just got a small loan of a million quid off his father. And Ben Gibber said, how out of touch can you be? Which is very true. And he said, you know, we need to, yeah, we need to stop Donald Trump. He's beneath us. Um, So I was just thinking this is going to be absolutely like dross. Um, And I think it works. There, I said it. What? Yeah, I think it works. Oh, get the fuck out of town. I think it works. Well,
3: hang on. Let's let, let's hear from the man himself who says, lyrically, a million-dollar loan deals with a particularly tone-deaf moment to Donald Trump's ascent to the Republican nomination. Yeah. Pretty much what you just said. Uh, he said, it truly really disgusted me Donald Trump has repeatedly demonstrated that he's unworthy of the honour and responsibility of being president of the United States blah blah, blah 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 in no way shape or form represents what the country is through for. where he is beneath us yeah, yeah we know all this this is fish in a barrel what I think is interesting about w- it is with an actor like a silhouette of Donald Trump milling around getting getting bricked up and buried alive there's okay. nothing
4: I hate more than particularly US artists just doing this every election where they kind of jump on the bandwagon and start start rallying against things but actually I think this is quite a decent piece of satire God. I don't think it, I don't think it's too on the nose I think the switch up the punchline of the chorus kind of works. I think it's quite funny. I d- I d- it doesn't feel too earnest or like, you know, chest
2: beating to me. I thought this worked. I don't know. I keep thinking of the IT crowd in this one. <laughs> you know, so, so I started this company with a dream and a million pounds <laughs> for my like father. It's clearly supposed <laughs> to be a funny
4: song. I mean, like it's like on a week where Randy Newman released a, a much better song about Vladimir Putin, it's kind of of that school of thing where it's just Randy like roy fucking lyrics. Newman. You don't like Randy Newman? You like Randy Newman? Yeah, he's amazing. Oh, come on. Really?
1: You Wh- don't think Rodney th- th- d-
4: ah. Newman It's like I- your Bob Dylan <laughs> <laughs> They know, all sound like Linden? that after a äh, certain Malays- uh, point gruppussy- opening like montage of like, you know, Louise- like Louisiana 1927 is one of the greatest songs ever in yeah, It
1: doesn't go like that I haven't heard
4: it You should check out some of his stuff Maybe I should Or You should check out the album No, Harry Nilsson did singing his song so you don't have to listen to his voice and you can appreciate his work That's probably a call There you go Yeah because you just do just think of Toy Story until you get it again, <laughs> But it's that, it is that school of, you know, kind of slightly satirical, totally piss-taking. But I thought it worked. I just didn't think it was preachy. I didn't think it was too on the nose. And the tune was fine. So it worked for me. And I was expecting a car crash. That's, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm saying.
3: All right, okay. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we'll move on. But before we do, Craig, I feel like I got a bit hot and bothered there. So I feel the only thing we can do is... I'll, I, I, I'll read you something. Cool down bit. by...
4: Str- no. <laughs> well,
3: listen, Craig. If heaven and hell decide that they both are satisfied... Illuminate the nose on their vacancy signs.
4: Yeah, you see, this is the shit I'm talking if about. If there's no
3: one beside you when your soul embarks, then I will follow you into the dark.
4: He, what, like he's gonna kill himself, is he? <laughs> Million dollar. Fuck number. off, mate. Imagine going out with him and being like, "Oh God, I have to kill myself now," and he's following you. Wait,
2: <laughs> what other Trump songs are there? <laughs> uh, this is the thing. YG, yeah. off the of what, your
3: heads. YG has a decent one, and I mean, like that aforementioned line in. Like London he hasn't been
4: shows. going politically long enough for there to be great songs written about him. In fairness. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's okay. been a year.
3: Look, look, I've had enough, okay? <laughs> I've had enough of all Seriously, of this. I've had yeah. enough songs of the week. I've had enough of have <laughs> had enough of you and your horrible turncoat ways, Craig. Uh, you know what we, need, we know what we need to do? We need to lighten the mood here <laughs> with a, oh, fuck, it's our featured album review, <laughs> uh, which also baits Donald fucking Trump. I'm sorry, everyone. In lieu of a better record this week, we're going with this. It's Green Day. It's Revolution Radio, and it sounds a bit like this.
1: Kicks and I want to start. A
3: that was Bang Bang the lead single again Ape and Donald Trump Green Day are back and they're getting some very positive notice with this the 12th studio record of their career uh, I've got a history with this band I know Rory does what's your history Craig? Uh,
4: my history is that I don't what's really have what's your truth? <laughs> I don't really have a history with this band I mean I like them I was never in love with them um, we were just kind of more good friends than anything and I liked some of their work uh, they kind of to be honest when they had their renaissance with American Idiot was probably at a point where I was just done with them. So that passed me by. And since then, I haven't, you know, had any interest. But yeah, as you say, reviews have been uh, well, kind of mixed. But, uh, you know, some of the kind of bigger publications have been coming out with, you know, Back to Basics, Return to Form, that kind of thing. To me, it just sounds incredibly tired. And it st- sounds like a kind of steadying the ship effort. Like, let's just get back to what we're kind of good at and make sure we don't release, well, three duds as they did last time.
2: Yeah, it's it sounds clinical to me. Yeah. Very you much know? so, um, and I, I've read like Advanced notice about this, and apparently they hold up in their own studio, produced it themselves, and all that. But it sounds really slick. Um, like as they said, I you know I've listened to Green Day since I was a kid. Um, I've in listening to this, what happens often is I, I go back to old albums and stuff. So I went back to like Nimrod and obviously Dookie, which, which everybody had. But I, and I genuinely enjoyed American Idiot and the ginormous uh, tour that ensued after it. Sure, but uh, listening to this, I just I couldn't recall a lyric a melody a riff you know even that the rhythms everything is just kind of by the it's not even by the numbers i th- I it sounds like they're putting effort in but it's just not hitting you know <coughs> yeah uh
3: as a fan of uh american idiot rory not me uh do you agree with me that wake me up when september ends is the best song on that record
2: um i would disagree wow, for fuck's sake. yeah holiday's a jam
3: um, well, you know, Green Day are a band. I also grew up in a house where Dookie and Nimrod were lying around. I loved those records for a time. Uh, I associated, you know, I'm a big Seinfeld fan, so they used Good Riddance, Time of Your Life, and I, that, that was a nice thing as well. It's
4: like every graduation song yeah. ever. That's how I are, first like, came to
3: the song. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, yeah? It's you know what? You know what? You know, I'm, not, I'm not liking your tone in this episode at all. <laughs> Take two weeks off, will you? <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, I The last Green Day record I bought was Warning uh, when it came out. And I didn't mind... My- Two for one deal.
4: <laughs> Nickelback's...
3: Nickelback's <laughs> Curb. Um, it was fine. I liked uh, I liked Macy's Day Parade and a few others. But overall, I could feel the kind of, you know, like I was like, yeah, I think I'm, I'm getting too old for this now at the age of 16 or whatever it was when that came out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I-, I was quite shocked by their resurgence. And then they kind of just kept powering on. I can't name you the record that followed... American Idiot,
4: Twenty First Century Breakdown. Is that what it
3: was?
2: Yeah, yeah, it, was. was it, it wasn't those three albums. Yeah? The three no, albums were in twenty twelve. W- I want to say. Yeah, Uno, knows? Yeah, and like
3: yeah. they were just like, that's always a a, a big uh, alarm bell when a band is like,
4: yeah, it's almost like you don't want to listen to any of them or even venture into it because you're like, why are you releasing three albums? Yeah, it's on the, too you know, much. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's way too much,
3: and yeah. it smacks of hubris, and it smacks of like you know lack of quality control, and no I'm, one there to kind of say no lads, no Rick Rubin to be like no lads. And this yeah. was
4: at a point where they already done, or they'd started working on a rock opera based on American Indian So you just like suburbia, these are, yeah, or something? They've, like, yeah, yeah. Which into Was a office. success, wasn't it? Uh, I think uh, it, was it was very moderate successful. success, or what? Yeah. Probably did well. But would I, you go and see? Oh well, I probably would go and see it just for the laugh, well, and like, get hammered as per Dave's instruction. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 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 Everything's right when you're drunk. Weirdly, that was my takeaway. Well, I mean, like, now I like, just like, drink like, all the time. They, <laughs> they mention this
3: suburbia kind of, you know, mythos that they've cultivated for themselves. You know, Rory was saying that you can't recall any lyrics. I found it difficult as well, so I'm using the aforementioned great website Genius which everyone should check out they're not sponsored (laughs) Um,
4: stop saying
1: that
3: genius Uh, uh, so Outlaws is one of the tracks on this record it's track 5 and the chorus is Outlaws when we were forever young when we were Outlaws we're Outlaws of redemption baby hooligans we destroyed suburbia when we were Outlaws the Outlaws of forever now granted you know scars, broken hearts breaking in cars all the kind of shit you you look in front of you any lyrics written written down can look a bit dodgy Um, that song in particular by the way Outlaws I think is one of the better tracks here but at the same time it sounds exactly like what my chemical romance were oh,
0: doing
4: oh i was going to say in
3: 2006 yeah 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 and it's like like it song is, is it like it's I, I i don't love you or something yeah or disenchanted the back and white video where you sitting on a bench that's pretty much this yeah, um, I, I
4: heard that that quite a lot. And, it, you know, on the kind of punkier tracks as well, I just was constantly thinking in terms of subject matter because actually at times this is quite... The one thing I will say about this record is when we heard, heard Billy Joe talking about it in the lead-up, he was talking about abandoning his car at a Black Lives Matter rally so he could join in and Trump. And I just thought, oh God, we're going to get like another American idiot but just dreadful. Um, so luckily he doesn't just stay focused on that too much. Um And it's quite nostalgic at times. He's looking back at kind of being a youngster, but it's just retreading all these kind of moments that you heard on songs like Teenagers. But Teenagers is just a far better song than anything on this. I don't know. It just seems so redundant. I
2: I just imagined, like, about two or three songs I heard, and the intros to each song, I could imagine playing on a car ad in the US or something like that. You know? It's that kind of of sound. And also... um, Jesus of Suburbia, best song on American Idiot. Hmm. That's my one. Interesting choice. Yeah, um, yeah. The track, the, the the idea of like being sounding commercial,
3: Revolution Radio, the title track on this one, is that that is that to a T. And it's like the chorus is so boppy, so friendly, so glossy. It's enjoyable. It's pleasant. It does its job. But you're like, yeah, you know, you guys have written better songs, much better songs years ago. Like this this record starts off and. The opening track is called Somewhere Now. And it starts off with that kind of like, you know, uh, it's low in the mix. Sounds like he's playing an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And, I, and I literally, when I first heard this, I was like,
4: it, this will kick in.
3: This is going to kick in. In three, in two, and then. Boom, it
4: did. That's the major problem with this record. You can telegraph every fucking thing that's about to come up. It's just so, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, join the dots. Yeah. Um. And, like, a song like Outlaws, as you were saying, it's kind of there, it's a bit of a ballad. It's a bit kind of lighters or phones in the air. But it's just, I don't know, unless he's coming up with great melodies or kind of a decent chord change, they really have nowhere to go sonically because it's just, like... Their big takeoff moment is always now we're down strumming. It's not very interesting. It's very one dimensional. Like, yeah, they, there's not much kind of variety or kind of other tricks they have in their arsenal yeah, musically. Well, I, I guess like with a sound, it's like all on that, him. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah,
2: where can you go? You know. Yeah. Um. And fair dues to them, they've got twelve albums out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing the career that they've had and they're still having. Well, one
3: thing I didn't see coming on this record was that opening track Somewhere Now being pretty much reprised in full before the end of the record.
4: I was like, what are you doing?
3: And this is a weird thing. I thought my Spotify thing had like loop back to the start. I was like,
4: hang on. The second one's way better, though, because lyrically he's actually talking about himself and it's kind of quite self-effacing and he's just like, yeah, I didn't really go to college or, you know, but I'm decent, you know, playing guitar and I'm just singing my heart out, man. Yeah. It's actually kind of, it's not just the like terrible clumsy cliches and kind of, Sloganeering, like he's trying for a Joe Strummer thing, but at halftime it's just like cartoonish Sex Pistols kind of, you know, ride-on stuff that just doesn't work. At least on that, and maybe the last track, which I didn't particularly like, but at least it kind of seemed heartfelt. That's ordinary and, world, yeah. which is
3: very uh, kind of strip, plinky yeah. plonky, kind of acoustic. Like, you, know, uh, kind uh, of. you can see like glitter stars dancing in the video and like kind of So and like it's, it feels like a bonus track. It feels like they made their point with the previous track, which you said there, and then this kind of comes on. And it's like, yeah, I get what you're going for and you're trying to be earnest, but you've already accomplished that without going so on the nose. Um, I will say that, you know, like, I would give the record points certainly for that kind of addressing of the self. Uh, the AV Club review is very good, and they kind of said that, you know, like, they're addressing their mortality. There's lots of lines about, you know, like, you know, like, punks dying and, like, you know, like, these things dying in threes and that kind of stuff. And it kind of feels like the record that you would want to make at this stage of your career and not just be... You know, one of many identical bands that they would have inspired in small towns who just do the three chord punk thing and just do the standard marks and never really explore themselves. Now, granted, like, you know, he's not going terribly deep because I don't think you can. As Rory says, there's only so much you can do with this kind of a sound and this kind of an established sound. But overall, I know I, I was surprised from the point of view of like I was like, I do think that this is their best record in some time, but I don't think it's a very good record.
4: No. And I don't I do, think it's,
3: I do applaud them for, for at least trying something. They're, like, they're definitely trying here. I, I, I think they've run out of road, personally.
4: Yeah, no, I, I think they have as well. Um I don't think he's coming up with decent enough melodies. I think that's the problem. I mean when you you probably went back to Duke and stuff like that, it's just like the thing is how effortless it sounds. Like he was just kind of spinning out these tunes and that was part of the appeal. There was a bit of fun to them. And yeah. in fairness, he locates a bit of that that's kind of streak at times on, on this. Um, but they're really trying hard to sound like Green Day, I feel. And be like, the, not sound like Green Day, but be what Green Day should be as they approach middle age. And it just feels overworked and kind of ridiculous, lot overproduced because it's kind of quite stripped back. I don't, you know, it, but it just, yeah, really overworked and kind of, there's no real standout moments for me on it. Um, and lyrically, yeah, he's, you know, clanger after clanger.
3: Some bands just shouldn't go on to a certain point. You know, we saw the comeback of Lincoln 82 this year, didn't work out. Green Day, I think, have definitely run out of road. Dillinger Escape Band, who I love, have called it a day, I think, at the right time. I think that that's a band that are going out and leaving quite a good legacy behind. Not every band gets to do this, unfortunately. And uh, I'm quite surprised by some of the critical notices. Just to give you an example of it before we get to our own. Uh, Enemy gave it 8 out of 10, said it's a simple collection of songs. It's the strongest end that they've come up with since American Idiot. Q were on board with some praise as well. They said if Armstrong genuinely has something to say, a great song will follow, which I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe that does support what you were saying Craig Um
4: yeah I just yeah I, I feel at times he's searching for as I said what should we be saying right now and there's kind of it touches on politics but it's you know these are troubled times we're living in it's like really is that the insight you've got when he actually well, locates a strain of sorry yeah. well
3: as Rolling Stone said uh it reflects decades of accrued crude emotional and musical wisdom, which I think is a
4: bit much. It is a bit much. I mean, it's a reflective album. Actually, to, to be honest, it me in parts of you um, <laughs> 2s latest record, just in that it kind oh. of tried to go back to what they started doing, and there was kind of quite self-referential stuff of, we're talking about us as teenagers, and even some of the more glammy moments in this could be, like, The Miracle of Joey Ramone. Like, it is that kind of thing. And I do think they feel yeah, they're in that, that yeah, stratosphere sure. of, yeah. like, you too, in terms of, we're this American band that has something to say, we're one of the last guitar bands that's actually on that level. I think they feel like they have a place in that pantheon of what stadium acts.
2: Didn't they collaborate a couple of years ago? Yeah, they did. Well, the, the Saints,
3: Saints are, are co- coming. Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, quick round the horn, the miracle
3: of Joy Ramon. Now that we're like a, what a year and a half or whatever it is on from that song.
4: I never liked that song, I but there is good song. songs on that record. I think.
2: It shouldn't have opened the record. I think every Breaking Wave should have. Oh, it's, that's yeah, a great that's song. One every Breaking Wave, ever the acoustic version. Yes, that's an excellent oh. song. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that is.
3: Yeah, that, that's easily one of their best songs Amazing. in a very long time. Uh, I'm more on the kind of same wavelength here as Pitchfork and Consequence of Sound. Pitchfork said you know this album has little effect on their legacy and lapses into pandering, embarrassing lyrical misfires. Consequence of Sound said that punk legends bungle their comeback with an album that's confused and average. Uh, I would share their score. My score on this is 5 out of 10. I think you'd have to be a completist to really get a lot from it. I admire what they tried to do. I'm glad that it didn't sound horrific. I will say this. uh, The goodwill that I kind of had with it wore off very, very quickly. And I did find myself by three or four days in wishing I could just listen to something else. It it, it became grating and it became very unmemorable. And the gloss that was there in the initial moments faded.
2: Yeah, I've... When you say you found yourself wishing to be listening to someone something else, like Nickelback, I, for example, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I, I did as well, and it was Green Day. You know, I found myself li- mm. I listened to Nimrod more than I listened to this album in the last couple of days. Okay. You know, I found myself going back on like, not listen- what we asked you to do, but whatever. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: just damn these no encore guys. But uh, I I think uh, the reason I went back was just to, like to remind myself why I liked them and how you remind me. Is it? Oh God. Just take your nickel back, will you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. sorry. Um, so yeah, I just found myself going back just to see, like, oh, have I just grown out of them? But I still I still like their old stuff when I listen to it. There is an energy there that isn't there now. Yeah. Um, I'd give it a 5 out of 10 as well.
4: It's a 5 for me, just kind of very middle of the road. They don't embarrass themselves at all. It's a, yeah, As I, I, I agree with you, Dave. I mean, you've got to admire what they're trying to do, but they're just not pulling it off with any aplomb whatsoever. Not very memorable. So, that's five stars across the board <laughs> out of ten.
3: Uh, congratulations, Green Day. You know, fair enough. You know, like, yeah, they didn't embarrass... But, like, seriously, what? that's one for the fucking poster, isn't it? They didn't embarrass themselves. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, there's no real moments where you go, this is bloody horrendous. But it's just so perfunctory that it's like, what's the point?
2: As I said, it's clinical and slick, I guess.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not what punk's about. No. Well, if you're looking for immediacy... And something that is clinical and slick, but in a good way. It's this week's Exit Music, which I'm absolutely delighted to uh, have the exclusive premiere of this track. This is the title track of uh, Bantam's record. It's called Move. Is there anything that you'd like to say to lead this in? Is that a lot of pressure? It probably is.
2: Um, <laughs> no, just enjoy I know you've really cool. liked it. This track in the background has gotten some amazing reactions from people who I genuinely respect and whose opinions I respect of music, so... And, and Dave and me yeah. <laughs> and Dave and Chad Crager so uh, oh, he'd love it uh, yeah just enjoy it. it's the instrumental opening track of my second album holy shit
3: okay cool uh, so wrap it up for this week guys thank you so much thank you both of you thank you appreciate thank thank you. it and um, yeah stay tuned next week we'll have uh, more interesting characters in the studio <laughs> as I you know try and deal with the lack of love from my regular co-host Craig and Cullum I'll be here oh okay Right. Am I allowed? What? Yeah, we discussed we, this. We, we had some differences. Oh, okay. All right. Fine. All right. It'll be Maybe fine. I won't be here. Here. Until next time, guys. Uh, my name is Dave Henry. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. And there will be the fantastic title track off Bantam's Record, which comes out this Friday. It's called Move, and it's going to move you. It sounds like this.
1: stuff podcast network see headstuff.org for more details
2: back in, back in, back in, back in. sorry i'm doing an cappella version of the oh, yeah,
0: it does sound like that.
2: you don't own me
0: no one can tell you how to travel as you are orbits wants to help you discover where you want to go who you want to go with and what you want to do when you get there? Visit orbits.com/pride to book your next trip. Orbits, travel as you are.
1: Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher. with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.